most violent raging crime rate ever. We are being invaded by illegal immigrants who are being treated way better than our homeless veterans, our teachers, and first responder heroes who were fired, still not compensated because they didn't take the Fauci injection. Our city schools produce the dumbest kids and the woke ass punks who run New York City are afraid of pizza the world used to respect New Yorkers as tough, thick-skinned, and gritty. Now we have become pussified. It's a damn shame. You heard of the Boston Tea Party? Well, this is the Boston, New York, this is the New York Pizza Party. Give us pizza or give us death. Give us pizza. Or give us death. Give us pizza. Or give us death. Give us pizza. Or give us death. Destroying. May I ask you a question? So. May I ask you why you find it to be appropriate to be standing at the entrance of a children's museum? Be happy to. Displaying. You don't want to stand out in the street. Your disdain mm -hmm. for our current POTUS. Mm -hmm. In front of a children's museum. Mm -hmm. Do you know what goes on inside that children's museum? Children come here to learn and to play. And be groomed? By gay people, trans people. Okay. Yeah, they they have drag queen shows here at the children's museum. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. And what has a trans person or a drag queen done to you personally? What does that have to do with anything? You are standing in front of a children's museum with vulgarity mm -hmm. display. 
You know what happens to children that are groomed by people? And I don't care whether they're straight or gay. Children being groomed by anybody, straight or gay, is wrong. You are standing in front of a children's museum at the entrance of a children's museum displaying your disdain for our current president of the United States in front of a children's museum. Innocent young moms. Yeah, being groomed by drag queens. So a children's museum is grooming yes. this drag queen. Yes. In your opinion. Yes. And a lot of other people's opinion too. That's why they shut down their Twitter page because they were getting hammered by opposition and people started canceling their memberships to the museum because they're having drag queen shows. So if, if you think that's inappropriate mm -hmm. and you disagree with that, this right here is a better display of what? There's nothing sexual about this sign right here. Our flag. What did you do for your... 911, where's your emergency? <laughs> and sir, what's the emergency? <laughs> I'm sorry? I'm very difficult to hurt myself. You're afraid you're going to hurt yourself? Yes. Okay, take a deep breath for me. Nothing's worth hurting yourself. What's your name? Oh, you don't see what I see. Come on, talk to me. What's going on? Oh, I'm having flashbacks of Vietnam. You're about to do what? I'm having flashbacks of Vietnam and I can't Okay. All right. You don't want to hurt yourself, okay? Oh, you do not want to do that, okay? We have a gentleman that works here that that was in Vietnam. You don't want to hurt yourself, okay? We're going to get you some help. Okay. <laughs> Haven't taken anything, have you? I can't find my anxiety pills to take. Okay. And what what kind of medication are you on? Well, we have somebody coming to help you. You hang on, because everything's going to be okay. I'm going to stay on the phone with you, all right? What? I'm going to stay on the phone with you, okay? And we're going to get you taken care of. Don't have any knives or anything like that? I got knives, but they going to hurt somebody. Okay, you're not going to hurt yourself either, though, right? No. <laughs> uh, you don't want to do that. They're put away, though, right? Are the knives put away? All the ones. Where is the one that's not put away? In my hand. In your hand? Yeah. Okay, what kind of knife do you have? Is it a kitchen knife? No. It's like a hunting knife? Yeah. Okay. We're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna put that in the kitchen sink. Okay? What? We're gonna put that in the kitchen sink, okay? Are you on a cordless phone? Yeah. Okay. What I want you to do is take that into the kitchen. Take me with you. Let's put that in the sink. Okay. Is that in the sink? Good. Very good. Thanks for helping me out. We're going to get you taken care of. You served your country and we're going to serve you. We're going to get you taken care of. That's a good thing you called. Thank you for calling me.
time to listen up, you silly liberal fruitcakes. I came out here, I wanted to tell some jokes. Let's do some reality checks here. Do you have any idea, sir, how pathetic it must be to be you? These people wanted to come out and have a good time, hear a few jokes, some thoughtful discussion, but your head pops off the pillow in the morning with, oh, how can I be a professional victim today? Let me go in and screw with their act just because, oh my God, your parents didn't tell you that your opinion wasn't worth that much. Look, look, they're confused. They're confused. You know why? Because I'm not your gender studies professor who has to cater to your trigger warning, microaggression, safe space bullshit. I didn't want to do this. I wanted to come out and tell a few jokes. You created this monster. We have to go. Ten more minutes of this. Let this reverberate. Let it be a life lesson. This monster right here that you're so afraid of, the face you see in your nightmares, was created by social justice warrior assholes like you. I lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. <laughs> and welcome to another Wednesday night. We made it. <laughs> yeah. At least partly made it. We're we're on some platforms. Yeah. <laughs> got a, lot of, a lot of comments here coming in. Yeah, Hold we're on. here. Hi, Seth. Glad to be here with your day. Just one question. Where are you and Chris? We're here. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Sandra, are you on YouTube? I can't see Seth or Chris. Okay, we were playing videos. Yeah. But we're here now. That's we all that really matters. Play. Thanks, Seth. Waiting to see you guys. I'm aware of my platform, Natalie. Just disconnect. Okay, he's back there. All these things are... Yes, I'm like, all these people are having conversations. Yeah, except uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's the deal. Yeah, um, we're on YouTube, a form of YouTube. We're on a channel, a just channel. not just not the big channel. Not the uh, other channel. What's the big channel now? <laughs> it is the big channel now. Um, so we did the Flat Earth show the other day. That's right. I don't even know if I could say Flat Earth. Well, you can say Flat Earth. You can't talk about anything that we talked about on Flat Earth on Flat Earth's show. So we did the show about the Earth not being a, a sphere. Don't be telling those those lies. Yeah, and that it, allegedly is not a sphere. Yeah, and apparently YouTube found it necessary to claim that that was misinformation. Yes. Now we didn't claim one way or the other whether it was true or not true. We presented evidence from somebody else who has mm -hmm. an opinion on a different theory of the Earth. Yeah. And apparently, if you have a different theory or you don't agree with, you know, conventional wisdom on anything, that's right. They decide that it's okay to ban you, get you off, and and fuck you over is what. That's right. And screw with your livelihood and screw with everything that goes on in your own personal life. Now that's just having a different opinion. Now we didn't go on and say this is fact. Mm -hmm. We didn't go on and say believe this or else. We didn't go on and say. Here's all the proof, and that's all you need. We're going to put this out to everybody and their mother that the earth is now flat and change all the textbooks. We didn't say that. Nope. Uh, all we did was present a different side of the story from somebody who has a different opinion than others, and we were screwed. Yeah, not on their platform, pal. <laughs> Apparently not. And I, I don't get it because, you know, I thought social media, and I thought – this whole podcast world is going to be different than conventional radio because radio 
But radio, you can actually say more. You can't yeah. say the, the words sometimes, the swear words that we say. Yeah. Uh, but you can get away with a hell of a lot more on radio than you can get away with, the, with these social media companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can come right out right now and say, YouTube are pricks. And I can get away with that. I can absolutely say that. And they won't ban that. But God forbid I say they're pricks that stand on a flat surface on a specific planet that might be, that is only regarded as round. Then I'm in trouble. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's shocking to me. So, I mean, your channel, yeah. unfortunately, was canceled altogether. That's right. Eight, there's only 8,000 followers. <laughs> and now, you know, this channel, um, which has nowhere near that. Uh, luckily, you took down the video before it was able to. Yeah, before it be, got to this channel. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, I don't think, did anything to it. No, they didn't get us for that. But it's something. I mean, I guess you make waves, and you know, that's what's going to happen. But I don't think we did any, said anything that was really out of the ordinary. Dude, you I thought of worry. one comment that I made, and I'm not going to make it again because I'm afraid of what's going to happen. But one comment I made probably could have gotten us in trouble. But I don't know how deep. Do they literally have somebody sitting here watching all these videos? Like they got the bots through? that they got bots that listen to the words. So they're just trying to pick up certain words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. They just got bots that censor that that listen to the words and they pull it and then you know and then they they whack you with a strike or with a you know whatever a, a warning or a strike and and. You know, you can contest it, you know, once they do suspend you, then you can contest it. But it's always, you know, I, 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 I did I did contest it and they said, no, 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 you you lose. Now, I, I think that I had one I have one strike on this channel and I think it was because of something that happened in 2020 that we mm -hmm. talked about. And I think that, you know, that was something that they didn't like. Yeah. So there's one strike on this channel, but I don't think that I think you need three or four to three, three and you're out three and you're out. Yeah. All together. Or is it just the show? Now, could you start another channel, though? Like, could you uh, start a CMS? According TV? to their rules? No. Do people do it all the time? Yes. So I was wondering, I mean, do you plan on starting like a different YouTube nope. channel? No. I don't because I hate YouTube with an absolute passion. I've, I, I'm i moving to Rumble. I'm I'm moving. I've been moving to Rumble for the longest time anyway. And and I like Odyssey as well. And I don't care if, you know, I here's how it is with me. I look at YouTube kind of like, like if you were enslaved in a house and somebody fed you a shit sandwich every single day. At some point, you would start being thankful that you got that sandwich. And I'm not willing to be that guy that's thankful to get the shit sandwich. I'd rather go somewhere else and get a different dinner, even if it's a smaller dinner. I it am. It, it, it probably was partly the religious thing. It was well, the religious thing. Religious it was the videos. conspiracy thing. It was all of it. People post religious videos all the time. I mean, they do. Yeah. I, I, was, I don't know. It was right. the Alex Jones nature of it is what it really was. I mean, if you wanted to, I mean, they don't tell you. All they give me is a one word, misinformation. But I know what it is. I, I mean, I've been down this road with, with YouTube before. And it's, uh, you know, it's misinformation is anything. 
you know, to me, it's it's misinformation could just be that, um, you know, that two years from now it'll be fact. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a so, lot of stuff. But even the stuff that I talked about before that I know that we got not necessarily strikes, but there was like the warning errors that were put on the videos or like mm-hmm. a warning, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, some of that stuff, I mean, stuff that was proven true came no. out as true. Doesn't matter. And even the president, president, yeah. uh, said it was true. And yet we still got warning labels on that stuff or banner ads saying, you know, misinformation when it wasn't. It was stuff that came out as being true. No. I mean, See, I, I don't even know what to say. You're, you're I don't under- want to give examples of, and I know if I give examples of it, then we're going to get, uh, you know, another strike. You're under the misconception that YouTube is just confused and made a mistake. They're not confused and they didn't make a mistake. The show that we did is absolutely the kind of show they do not want on their stuff because they don't control it. They want stuff that is easily controlled or will will mindlessly feed people that are easily controlled. That's why they'll give you every pop star video and that's why they won't you know, ban a video like Nicki Minaj's WAP or any of that stuff, because that's the kind of mindless drooling idiot that they want watching. And that's when you, when you challenge, look, I I said from the start of the, of the flat earth show that I was not a believer. Remember that? I said, I'm not a believer. You know, I was the least believer of the, of the four of us that were on. And with that said, you know, I said, but I, I'll listen and I'll hear. I'm not the person that YouTube wants because I'll actually listen and try to make an informed opinion. Right. Now, so, we talked, you know, this could turn political. I mean, this could turn where people are getting their channels shut down as we head into the election and all that kind of thing and to, to try to ban people that have political opinions. Dude, it would shock me none. If that's what's going on now, that they're doing it now, like, if you know, obviously you're a conservative, you're a hard conservative and the show is hard conservative. And I'm, I don't know what I am. I'm kind of middle of the road, but I certainly am not left wing by any stance. It would shock me not the last election. They got so much shit for banning, um, for banning conservative voices. So now we're what year and a half year and a half from the election, which means probably six months from now is when we're going to start having campaigns. We'll start so, now. so they're, they're going to start getting rid of people now so that, so that they don't have to deal with, well, you're only getting rid of people for, for, you know, conservative voices. They're just doing it now. All right. Well, I mean, we can talk more about this uh, later in the show, but right now we have a uh, Melissa standing by. Melissa All right. Great. Is the owner of yellow brick road auctions. Now, did you see what I did here, Chris? Look at that. It's a yellow brick wall. Look behind. See? Yellow brick. And people don't know it, but you're laying down because you're on the road. I am. I'm actually laying in the middle of the road hoping That's right. that a yellow brick truck passes over. <laughs> so uh, let's go to Melissa, and she's the owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. I think this is very cool, but I want to find out more about it. All right, cool. Melissa, how are you? Hey, Seth. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Good. Is Tony Masaccio running your equipment? 
The internet is, is striking No, up. actually. But yeah, we have, um, actually, in some of the houses that I have to take care of, there's no internet anymore. So, you know, sometimes it'll go a little slower. It'll be hard to get yeah, through. So explain to everybody. Explain to everybody what Yellow Brick Road Auctions is all about. All right. Well, I'm an auction firm. I'm licensed and bonded by the state of Ohio. And whenever someone needs an estate liquidated, I go into the home. I photograph everything. We do really good descriptions of everything that we list on the auction. And the difference between doing it this way and doing it for, like, say, an estate sale is it's advertised throughout the entire United States. So anyone can bid on the items that are available when it's done as an online auction. Okay. Now, now, do you do you value the property, or is there some sort of like 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 cars have a blue book? Is there some sort of a guide that you use for for valuing the items, or how do you value the items to sell? Good question. So, believe it or not, the only time a reserve is placed on an item is when its value is really. For instance, when I do a car motorcycle, a camper, a boat, then obviously we reserve starting bid price. It's always lower than the value of it. So for instance, I did a 1966 Ford Mustang. We put the reserve at $3,500. Now, mind you, that particular vehicle wasn't running, but we look into it and see what the problems may be and list that in the description. That vehicle sold to someone for over $6,500. Wow. All the rest of the stuff, the bidding starts at 5 or $10. Oh, wow. So oh, instead of going to an estate auction or an estate sale where everyone prices the items, the bidders and the collectors get to decide how high they want to go on anything they want. Okay. That's pretty cool. So <laughs> what kind of stuff is in the house that you're looking at today? Well, we have a couple of good items. I don't know if you guys, how old, if you remember the Easy Bake Ovens. Of course. Oh, yeah. So we have one of the Easy Bake Ovens. Now, this is the uh, super home. So this was done by Cup Toys, and this is from 1966. This is an original. It comes with the original box. Anybody wants this, the bidding starts at $5 for this item. Wow. Other items, we do all So, for instance, this table right here. View dining table, it's all the chairs. This is solid wood and starts at dollars Hey, Jim and uh, Melissa, we're having so a real we're having real trouble with the internet here. We're having real trouble hearing. It's breaking up nonstop. Uh, so we need to like find okay. a fixed location where we can actually hear everything you guys are saying. Because uh, it keeps breaking up. Do you think it's easier to go out? Yeah. Okay. How does it sound right now? Right, right this second, it's okay. Okay. So why don't we just stay here? I'll give you a little bit more information. Like an auction I put up lasts for seven days on yellowbrickroadauctions.com. 
And that auction goes from a Thursday to a Thursday. On the auction, when you go on the site, it'll tell you when the bidding begins, when the bidding ends, and what the required pickup day is. So I have over 8,721 collectors registered on my site alone. Wow. And they're throughout the United States. A lot of them are from Ohio and they start bidding on the auction. And then there's one pickup day and they pick up on that day or if they're from out of state, the item gets shipped to them. So for instance, if you go on my site, you'll see the Westlake auction that's live right now and it's end tomorrow. It starts to close at 7.30 at night. On that particular auction, there's a lot of really cool collectibles. Um, two of them are Eartis. I don't know if you're familiar with Eartis. He's actually my favorite designer. He's from 1950s and 60s. And there's two prints of his that are very highly collectible. Um, so those two items are on the auction right now. The one that started at $10 is already at $405 right now. So there's a lot of people bidding on those items that are in that auction. So how did you actually get into this business? Well, I am a college professor. I teach at a private art college. I'm a professional photographer. I teach photography. Obviously, being at a professional art college, art history, etc., so when I needed, I lost my mom uh, several years ago. And when I wanted my father to move in with me, we did not want an estate sale. We did not want strangers walking through the house. So I used an auction company. And it turned out that the auction companies needed someone like me, who is a professional photographer, knows a lot about art, et cetera, because those are a lot of times the items that go on an auction. So I worked for two companies almost ago. Um, I decided to go out I don't care for a lot of companies that um, don't decide the book. <laughs> I'm very straightforward and blunt. I was made that you're honest and you have a code of ethics because you have to understand you're dealing with the home or sometimes has moved into a living or passed away. These are their personal items. You have to have some sort of empathy for the family when they're going through something like this. Right. Well, I, I can so, you guys show us a little bit around the house a little bit? I mean, I, I, maybe there's a better spot you can stand because it's still coming in and out. So try okay. to walk around a little bit. Show us a little bit of the house. We can walk through the house. So what we do when we do a home is we photograph everything. We put it on a table in order according to the lot numbers. That's why it's easy for us to find when people come to pick it up. But this particular house, he had a lot of collectibles. Um, so here's some of the items, including the furniture. Uh, normally, we have items that range in price anywhere from $25 to literally over $20,000. Um, so you have to, a lot of the collectors collect certain things. Like if you're a clock collector, we just did a house in Wakeman not too long ago. Let's go over this way. And she had 
about 20 clocks in the house. So every very large. This is shocking. This here, for instance, is a mantle. It's a beautiful mantle. This is not attached to anything, so we're selling this. The bidding will start at $10. This is solid wood. Beautiful. Wow. Then over here, we have Saxon, Saxon Drafting Art Table. Uh, I don't know if you know Saxon. That was a big company that made the drafting architectural tables. A lot of artists used them in the 1960s. This particular table is from the 1970s. And then, of course, we have items, anything from chairs to file cabinets. We also do a lot of tools. So that helps a lot of the younger generation that, say, is getting into construction. They're able to buy a large lot of tools, and the bidding starts at $5. Um, we have actually a Werner ladder inside the garage, and it's an extension ladder. If you go to Lowe's and Home Depot, those are going to cost you over $150. There's nothing wrong with this ladder. The bidding starts at $5. So when you need items, this is where you look. So do you have to do a lot of research on these items to find out what they are? Do you just know that stuff? I mean, how do you know all this stuff about the wood tables and all that? Do you do a lot of research yourself? Good. So I sort of have a lot of concerns. When I get something, I know exactly what it is. However, you're going to come across something and know what it is. That means you're going to take a lot of time to research it. I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I had a client in Brexville. She had two 17th century paintings. 17th century portrait paintings, and unfortunately, she did not know who the artist was. Because back in those days, the artist didn't really sign their paintings. So she had an art dealer come to her house and try to make an offer. I had told her that's the wrong way to go. Because you don't know if these paintings are worth $5 or $50,000 each. So I spent six months investigating these paintings for her. I ended up putting them on auction. I couldn't guarantee who the artist was, but I believe it was Michael Swearinger. Michael Swearinger was a famous artist in the 16th century and 17th. Um, those started at $10. And one of the paintings went for 5720 and the other one went for a little over 3700 So there is extensive research that has to be done on items that I may not know. But doing it for nine years, you get to see something and know exactly what it is when you're looking at it. A good one is blow bulbs. Uh, a lot of people, the younger generation, does not know what blow bulbs are. Are the outdoor Christmas decoration from the 70s. It's over eight and melt. Owner of Melt, who's the he has a whole restaurant decorated in blow. However, original blow mold. Make you, I just had original blow molds on the auction. 
last summer, I think it was. Those started at $10, they sold for $550. Also, the silver Christmas trees from the 1970s. You may look at that, your parents may have one in the house, okay, it's courage, throw it out. Those sell on auction anywhere from $150 to $500, including the color wheel that went with it. So takes a lot of work, but like I said, doing it for so long, you kind of know what your stuff is. And that's part of my job. All right. Well, yellowbrickroadauctions.com, correct? You got it. Definitely. And if anyone wants to register to bid, they just go on the site, hit the register button, fill out all the information. And then I am the only company in the United States who does not allow a new registered bidder to just log on and start bidding. In this day and age, you have to be secure. For instance, what if a child owns a credit card? So I only made the phone calls before I went to the account. That right. a lot and, and of wait, wait a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Tony, all right, Jim, everybody, hang on. We are honestly missing half of what you say because the internet connection is so bad. Is there any way to like go outside real quick so you can say what you just said? I mean, because I, it's kind of pointless to keep doing this. We, we can't understand a word you're saying. Uh, whatever that connection is going on inside the house is really rough. 5G can kiss my ass. <laughs> All right. How does this? Is this a little better? That does sound better. That sounds a hell of a lot better now. We'll go this way so he can go out there a little bit. All right. So I am the only auction firm in the United States that verifies all the new people that register on my site with a phone call first. No one else does that. Because in this day and age, think about it. What if a child gets a hold of their parents' credit card? and registers. I don't want them. So I am the only company in the entire United States that verifies everyone with a phone call first. Um, I take the time to do that. I get new bidders every single day. This morning, I had to call 20 new registered bidders after they heard about my company. So that puts people's mind at ease because you know nowadays, you jump on a site, you put in your credit card, are you really dealing with a real company or something else? Right. Yeah, you have no idea. Now, if somebody wants to know, what do you charge? Percent of sale price, set fee, or how about shipping? Well, shipping, I work about 81 hours a week doing this. No lie. Wow. So, yeah, the UPS office Excel handle all my shipping. So anybody who wants something shipped... They can call me or they can give the number to the UPS in Brexville and they take care of it. I do not ship myself because all of the items stay in my client's home. There are other companies who will remove all the items from a client's home and to a warehouse and do the auction from there and photograph it from there. But here's the problem. That's about $50 to $70 per hour that they have to charge the homeowner to do that. When you go with Yellow Brick Road, I charge you a dime to do this whole process. You make a commission off of the total sales. So one of the sales I just did 
the total sales were over $14,000. So the homeowner did nothing and got a check for a little over $7,000 in one week. Yeah. So it is the easiest way to get rid of a collection or a house of items. All right. So can people contact you if they have a house that you want them to go into? And then you can also contact you when it comes to like auctioning or getting stuff on the auctions. So yellowbrickroadauctions.com. Can they also contact you if they want you to come to their house to sell stuff? Yes, definitely. I do a free consult and I handle everywhere. So Mayfield Heights, Brexville, Cleveland, Strongsville. I just did a house about an hour and a half away from Cleveland. So I do a lot of homes wherever they are, not just in Cuyahoga County. If you go on the website, you'll have my phone number. And you can just give me a call and we'll take it one step at a time process. Well, we're going to let you go because we're still having trouble with the internet here. But yellowbrickroadauctions.com looks like a great, uh, you know, thing to do. I mean, the easy bacon oven looks great. All that kind of furniture is great. And the prices are great. And uh, if you have a house, you need her to sell some stuff. Yellowbrickroadauctions.com. You got it. Thanks so much, Seth and Chris. Hope you guys have a great day. You too. We're going to do this again, all right? All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Melissa. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't even want to say anymore. I, I, I just don't. I mean, the internet, what the hell is going on with the internet? It certainly wasn't on our end. And, you no, know, I don't, it's, it's not, not we're, her fault, or it's certainly not you know Jim's fault or anything like that. She's but probably just out in a network is ridiculous. She, well, she's probably out in a place that's, you know, it's... It's either in the middle of the boonies, or if it's not in the middle of the boonies, it's the opposite. It's in the middle of a of a busy place, where every phone, every Roku, every TV, every everything is connected. And it sucks because you know, look, I, I wanted to do that interview for a bunch of different reasons. Not only yeah. is she a great sponsor of this show, mm-hmm. uh, but also I think it's a really great. It website. is. It's I, cool. Yeah, you know, and it's a really great idea and concept i mean i like going to estate sales with my wife dude. we do that all the time sure uh just because you know we like going rummaging through people's old stuff and see what you can get mm-hmm. but quite frankly it's annoying it's tough to find a place to park on the side of these roads in the middle of nowhere and it's tough to you know you're dealing with a whole bunch of people when you're walking in you're bumping into people it's it's a disaster right and some of them are cash only and uh, so this yellowbrickroadauctions.com is a much easier way to find stuff like that. Those hidden treasures, if you will. Sure. Is that you or and, me? That was me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's very cool. I, I think that the whole idea is very cool. And I, yeah. So I, I'm glad we got to talk to her. I wish it was a little bit better. Internet c- connection. There you go. No, we'll get her at some point and we'll just, you know, we'll get her at some point when she's actually, maybe when she's not at an estate, but when she can just be in a stationary place where we can do a proper interview and talk yeah, through some yeah, of this stuff. I didn't talk because it, yeah. it was really uh, tough. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. I was like waiting for you to punch your screen. <laughs> because it just kept going out. It's like, I dude, I wanted, it was really interesting. Some of the things that she was saying. Yeah. And then a wave of a wave of garbage would just kill it. Yeah. But you know what? You know what it could be too. And again, I don't know. But she's in an old house that has that old wiring that's not as insulated as like the current wiring. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
but it was it was. Uh. Well, <laughs> the other thing is is that there's obviously there's no Wi-Fi in the house anymore, right? Uh, because you know whoever was there is no longer at that house, mm-hmm. so there's no more Wi-Fi, and so there's no way to just connect to something. And I don't care about any hotspots and five G crap networks that people have; it just doesn't work. Yeah, you know, right. I I got this five G phone. Mm-hmm. Yellowbrickroadauctions.com. Sign up, get your house looked at if you want to sell some stuff. You know, for a loved one passed or whatever it is, whatever it is, right? Whatever, and you know, have her check it out. But then also, you can go on there and start bidding on some of these auctions. Are fantastic. Sure. But I bought this stupid five G phone not that long ago. Now this okay. is an older phone by standards. It's an iPhone twelve, mm-hmm. and I think they're up to fourteen now. Yeah, here's a fourteen Pro Max right here. This was the dumbest decision I ever made. <laughs> When I didn't have 5G and I had my other phone, an iPhone 8, the thing worked like a champ. Everything right. I did, I was like, hey, look, I was getting porn quicker than you can. <laughs> it was perfect. Now I struggle to get anything done. In this house, there's like a line of electricity that goes right through the freaking middle of it. Right. And so it kills calls. It kills internet. 5G <laughs> network my ass. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I... Tony Masashi was driving me fucking crazy. Yeah, me too. I don't know the... what he's doing down there. Well, he's he testing is... the connection 43 times. He is testing, yeah. <laughs> he has literally tested it 43 times. Now we're looking at some dude. It's all over the place. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> well, we're going to settle it down. We'll settle it down. We'll, um, why don't we do this? I'll take charge for a minute here. Okay. Why don't we take a little bit of a break? Yes. Take, take a breather. Play some commercials. All we right. will come back. We'll play play one of the songs from Corvus Lore. There he is we'll, again. Tony's just checking in again. Yeah, he's just checking in. You know, right. it's fine. But we'll play one of the songs from Corvus Lore, and we will talk to Ryan and Eric from Corvus Lore, and they are a band that will put you in a better mood because their music absolutely kicks ass. So we'll, we'll, we'll use Corvus Lore to transition us into a better mood. How's that? Yellowbrickroadauctions.com. Yes. Out. All right, we'll do that. Hang on. Hey, it's Seth. And I appreciate you watching today. And you can make a difference. For just $4.99 a month, you can help save someone's life today. It really does count. Every dollar matters. And you can change someone's life. Not these ridiculous dogs. Those are actor dogs. I'm talking about myself and Chris Aiken. I could barely afford a shave and a haircut or sleeves on a shirt sometimes. We could use your assistance today. Just go to the Odyssey app. Go to the Odyssey website. O-D-Y-S-E-E. Just $4.99 a month can change the world for someone today. Myself and Chris Aiken. We'll give you extra content. We'll give you bonus footage. We'll give you new episodes. Subscribe to the Odyssey channel today. Thank you. Hey everybody, it's Don Dockin. When I'm feeling nostalgic, I always go to Pinball PA. You gotta go check it out, it's a lot of fun. Stop what you're doing and start making memories at Pinball PA, located at 2284 Broadhead Road, Suite 10B in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. 
We have over 420 video games and pinball machines to play and all games are set to free play, so no quarters or tokens are needed. Pinball PA is open 6 days a week, and is the best and most affordable entertainment spot in all of Western Pennsylvania. Check out our website at www.pinballpa.com for more details. Come visit Pinball PA today. Initials up. Guarantees and Signs has become your complete one-stop sign shop. Call Jimmy at 216-299-9344. Their friendly and professional staff can and will help you build your company brand and identity from start to finish. One-stop means you get a complete package from one location. Custom logo design, vehicle graphics, banners, t-shirts, storefront marquees, and so much more. Aaron Tees and Signs, 4883 Turney Road. Call us at Welcome our guests in Eric and Ryan from that band right there, Corvus Lore. Hey guys. Hello. Hey. How we doing, How guys? How you guys doing? Chris, great to see you again, man. Yeah, man. Good to see you, man. How's how's things in the Corvus Lore world, man? Looks like looks like the conversation you and I had six months or so ago is finally coming to fruition and you guys are getting ready to release the record. That is true. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, right? I know. Yeah. I think the last one you and I spoke, I was like, I don't know when it was going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> it's coming up on the 8th of July, so we're pretty excited about that. Absolutely. Well, um, well, guys, uh, why, don't, why don't we give people a backstory for people that do not know Corvus lore? Um, I guess I'll throw it to Eric since Ryan got to talk first. Uh, so, Eric, uh, introduce yourself, and more importantly, tell us a little bit about Corvus lore. Yeah, hey, everybody. This is Eric uh, from Corvus lore, and... Uh, I have lead guitar duties in the band and um, yeah, we're, we're a heavy rock band straight up. So um, I know a lot of people like to put, you know, rock music into categories. Are they stoner rock? Are they doom rock? You know, are they ultra heavy? And I would just say that we are a heavy oh, rock band from the Bay area. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about the, uh, the Bay area a little bit, cause you guys are from uh, California and uh, so you guys invented the word, word wildfire, and up <laughs> here today you can't look out a window because all you're seeing is smoke and shit from like the Canadian wildfires. Does that happen a lot where you guys are at? Yeah, it seems like you can set your calendar to it, and uh, 
light a match and the whole state burns up every year. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but literally you open up a window here and we're in Cleveland, Ohio, and all of a sudden right. you're getting smoke just billowing in. It's outrageous. I can only imagine what you guys go through. Well, uh, yeah, they say as California goes, so does the rest of the nation, and that means also fires too, so. <laughs> yeah, Ryan will tell you that we're, we're told on a weekly basis just to douse our homes with water just in case. Jeez, Wow. <laughs> That is nutty, man. Right. Well, hopefully it doesn't burn down before the 8th when uh, when the record happens right? and the record release comes out. <laughs> See how I did that? I swung it right back. Look at that. <laughs> well, well, let let's talk about let's talk about the relationship between you two guys. You know, obviously in any band or in any rock band, it's always the singer and the guitar player, you know, and I don't care who you pick, Aerosmith, whoever. You know, it's always it's that's always the place that people start. I'm always curious how people from different worlds come together and figure out that they have creative chemistry. And the reason I'm asking that is because creativity seems to be such an individual thing. I like, I write books and I cannot imagine writing a book and saying, okay, well, here's the chapter I wrote. Now you finish it or you make it better. So how was it that you guys got together and figured out that, you had a chemistry that that could work together. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know if I have a really great answer for that. Because to your point, uh, when it comes to uh, the creative process, whether you're writing a book or a song or a script for a movie or whatever it may be, or even a painting, it's just like, yeah, here's the pen or here's a brush. Go for it. I'm done with it. I'm going to walk away. It's such a personal and intimate process, in my opinion, you know, writing and creating. Um, so admittedly, it's it's challenging. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the writing uh, stems from me in the beginning and then the band gets involved at a later point. But I think it's also understanding um, your limitations. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you get a roadblock of sorts. Uh, willing to be able to let go at that point and just say, you know what, I have nothing left to offer here or being open and really uh, transparent to and inviting other ideas into the conversation. I think, I think that's for me, from, from a, a writing perspective, uh, I've grown a lot where I've been willing to like, let go of things, you know, cause there is a tendency. I think I'm, I, I could imagine Chris, as you're writing a book or something like that, you're just like, it has to be this way or it has to be mm -hmm. that way. You can't get married to it. You have to be able to let it go because in that way, you know, the idea there is that it's going to become even that much better. But between Eric and I, you know, there's just there's just that natural chemistry where, you know, Eric is is and I'm not saying it's because he's on the call right now, but he is by far the greatest guitarist I've ever played with because he has a way about just presenting ideas, coming up with ideas that just uniquely fit like with a glove and in a lot of ways what I've envisioned and what I'm hearing in my head, but I physically cannot pull off. So it's, it's kind of like that perfect marriage in, in that where I might have an idea, but I'm not sure how to finish it. But Eric is always like, yeah, I got this and I could fit it in just perfectly what you're sharing with us. So it's, it's been pretty natural and fluid. Sure. It, 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 the weird thing about it, and again, to me, it's never going to compute to me because, you know, I, I know bands usually write one of two ways. Either there's a lyric that you develop or there's a riff that you develop. 99% of the time, it's it's A or B. 
And I can't imagine being the creator of either and saying, okay, yeah, okay, now you take it from here and then ever being satisfied with it. Because in my head, and again, this is just me, but in my head, the minute I would record the riff, I already know what I want the whole thing to sound like. Right. And and then give it to you, who's not, I'm, I'm assuming, not being consulted on how to develop it. It would just always be wrong to me. But again, that's why I'm not in a band, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, your point, it's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, there's plenty of disagreements. Trust me on that. So sure. it's, it's just working it out together. But uh, having the same goal in mind of like what's best for the song. I think is, is the thing that you need to keep front and center at all the time. And then that's going to steer you in the right direction. So where did you guys come up with your sound? Like who did you draw influence from? Um, I think like between the four band members, there certainly is a, a baseline palette of bands that we grew up on that we definitely, um, you know, keep in high regard. You got your Mount Rushmore's of, of ACDC and Zeppelin and the Beatles and Queen and yes. And, you know, we can go on and on, but um, I, I think primarily for us, it really boils down to um, classic traditional hard rock guitar tones. And from there, um, you know, there's a number of different avenues you could take with the songwriting. Um, I will say that on Lucida, it, once you get a chance to listen to all nine songs, you're going to get, um, not only of a different uh, flavor of our different songwriting styles, I think we have like a lot to offer in that regard, but um, also just even listen to Ryan's voice. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, he'll, he'll jump from screaming high Chris Cornell ranges all the way down to uh, more subdued ranges. Um, so I'm, I know I'm jumping a bit around on this question, but uh, I hope that gives you no. just an idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen to like Hello Sunday, which I, I think that too. But I mean, it's kind of like a has kind of a, like an STP kind of feel to it, a little bit melodic rock, and I kind of like that. I mean, it was, it was cool, it's good shit. But what do you think about the rock scene today? You guys, you know, are into it, but what do you think about the rock scene today? Because I think like here in Cleveland, the home of rock and roll, it seems to be struggling a little bit. I don't know what it's like where you're at. There's a, there's a lot of emerging bands coming out, specifically like in the Bay Area. Um, there's, there's a lot of great bands. And, and, and in my opinion, because of that, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about rock. Cause it's funny, the conversation always revolves around like, is rock dead or where's it going? And honestly, I mean, can we just stop having that stupid conversation? Rock is not dead. It's never going to die. It's always going to be around. And to me, it's always going to be a staple no matter where you're at. Somebody is going to relate to it and want to hear it. Um, but in the Bay area, there's a lot of great bands. Some that have been around for a while that are just now getting heard like devil in California. Who's also on the Valley fire record label, right. uh, state line empire, um, deadly vices. There's, there's a lot of great bands that are happening. That gives me a lot of, a lot of promise. And, and I'm excited for the rest of the world to hear. Um, I, but, yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you when you say the rock isn't dead and it's a stupid conversation. Maybe. But at the same time, when you watch the Grammys, you watch right. stupid MTV awards and crap like that. It may be commercially and, dead, but it's but not. It, it's way commercially dead. And that's what I'm trying to say. They yeah. put a rock category up there with a band that sounds like you know Taylor Swift. And so <laughs> you know, I, I want to see the emergence of rock nationwide as, as far as commercial radio, as far as, you know, 
it's great that you know there's great bands playing local clubs, but I want to see bands touring the country big right. again. And well, they need to get their attention. Thing. It's not the trendy thing to to your point. You know, it's it's going to be all the the top things that you know whatever labels don't have the influence like they did as they used to. But I mean, social media is driving everything in in the direction that it wants to. And yeah, I think is it on trend right now? No. You know, everybody's going for all that other jazz out there that, you know, we know what it is. But um, I think everything, it comes full circle. I think it all comes back. You know, it really does in the end. So, again, I, I'm pretty optimistic about it. And just if we continue to be true to ourselves and the music, then I think good things all come out of it. See, I, I'm going to argue the other way. I hope it stays in the underground. I know that doesn't help you guys any, but I, but I will tell you this. Everybody forgets. I mean, it's it's great that you can name off the biggest bands in the world. ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith. Right. Yeah, that's great that you can name all those bands off. And for every one of those, I can tell you 10 bands that just sucked. And and I'll tell you now, when I get a record, or, or just a straight-up rock record, 99% of the time it is good. Because the hunger is there again. It's It's like nobody's getting fat and rich recording anymore everybody knows that every record has to be that first record or else they're dead and to me i i seem to think or at least i i hear a lot more hunger and a lot more drive to write better songs than i've heard in the last 30 years yeah i, I would totally agree with that i think to your point no one's getting rich and fat and sassy off it at all right and the only reason why they're doing it is because they're passionate about it. They care for it. And with mm -hmm. that obviously comes better writing and better music and everything that goes along with that. So yeah, you're, you're in it just because it's something that's part of you and who you are. And, uh, you know, uh, to, 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 to your point, then I believe that lends itself to better writing and music, I guess is my point. So yeah, spot on. Right. On. Yeah. Let's, let's well, be honest too. Like if, if you turn on the top 40 day, if we're talking about things that are trending 90% of the time, it's a ridiculous apple drum loop of some sorts with auto tune and just zero creativity so to your point when you do get something that cuts through or just a straight up kick-ass rock album you just want to embrace it and mm -hmm. and uh, keep it <laughs> yeah and and we're in a weird time too where i think everybody's everybody's kind of in that mode between not sure if they need the old machine or not because you know there's still always that thought about well we got to get our we got to get the music done then we got to get signed then we got to get tour support then we got to get you know blah 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 you know all the things that come with that at the same time you can look right out and I, I always point to this one band because they are my picture of how to do it today point to dirty honey no record company still don't have a record company just did it with great management and great tunes and they've been out there they toured with slash they toured with the black crows they're playing stadiums they're opening i think for guns and roses on this current run i mean it's and that's without a label they're they're the first ones in the rock world that i see that have kind of transitioned over to the newer way of doing things yes mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I actually think, Eric, weren't you referencing Dirty Honey earlier today, I think, and something? I mean, yeah, I just, they're just doing their branding and just bringing awareness to their band. I mean, obviously, the music is great as well. But I mean, 
that's a prime example of a band actually just foregoing the traditional methods and just doing it on their own and relying on their own devices to make it happen. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, you know, they're probably got a great uh, promotions agency and, and band management and, and, uh, but they're killing it on social media. Like their video shorts are funny. Um, mm -hmm. They're just, they, they, they really are showing you the personality behind the band and the songs are great. All right. Now, do you, do you guys like this whole streaming and social media stuff? Or gone is the day of the CD. Uh, so, I mean, is it a pain in the ass to try to get stuff out there with this social media? <laughs> I'll let Eric handle that one because he, <laughs> he's well, I, our IT I, guy for the band. <laughs> I mean, ma ma mainly, I, I'm only chuckling because I, I do, you know, every all the social posts and, and uh, try to manage the website and things like that. But um, it's a lot of work. And the other thing, too, is like trying to get uh, or understanding, like, what can you create that is really going to touch people or, or make them connect or want to connect with the band more? And how do we get out of the, you know, the, these smaller bubbles of these are the people we know on Facebook or these are the people we know on Instagram? And mm -hmm. is, the on is the only route through paid promotion or is there some secret sauce in your hashtagging that's going to somehow magically get you in front of a wider audience. And I think the, the truth or, or the evidence is somewhere in between those two um, strategies. Because the same thing goes with like what we do with podcasting. It's like you, you're looking for that one viral thing right. that's going to get you out there to that audience that doesn't, that wasn't already there. And so I imagine, you know, again, without radio in your corner, finding that magic hit, that magic video, whatever it is, is got to be difficult. Right. And to answer your question, Seth, uh, no, I could be blunt. I don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunately a necessary evil nowadays, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. Well, you know, and again, I, I'm nobody, but to me, it, it the fact that we're all so close to our band people that, that, that we're fans of, is a detriment, not an advantage. Uh, and, and that's from a kid that used to stand outside and wait for hours by the bus so that I could get a handshake, you know, but, but now that we can, now that we can send a text or a, a DM or something to so-and-so of, of band X, and if they don't like what you say, Right. They hit you back with, well, fuck you. You know, then it's like, oh, my, you know, my whole world's blown up because my band, and now I hate that band. And it's like right. the world, the social media has just taken away. There was something cool about the lure of a rock star being bigger than me. And that's gone now. Well, it's invited basically the accessibility to see behind the curtain of the, the rock star. Mm -hmm. It's, it removes all the mystery. Yeah. And mystique of exactly what you're talking about, you know, I, you know, so now that everybody just is a click away or whatever to seeing like, oh yeah, um, you know, Joe Perry, he's making a bologna sandwich today. You know, it's like, <laughs> really? I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, he's just like anybody else now. So yeah, it's, it's, I totally agree with you hundred percent on your point. Yeah, I, I just, whatever. It's social media, so I don't want to get into that conversation. That's a, you'll get me going for days on that, and none of it will be pleasant. But let's talk about something that is pleasant, which is the new album, Lacita. I have heard it. It is fantastic. Eric, I'm going to start with you, because as the guitar player, this had to be a challenging record, because it definitely goes in a lot of different directions, you know, stylistically and just 
just how you play seems to change from song to song. So talk a little bit about, about you know, the writing and, and the guitar playing on it, because it really is a very, very diverse guitar-wise record. Oh, well, I'll, I'll take that feather and put it in my cap. Um, we, I, I would say between the first album and moving on to the second one, the songwriting got much more uh, complex and and that could be on an individual song basis or if you're just looking at the collection of the nine songs and when we did the first album it was all direct tape um it was just the four of us playing live in a room and then we did over you know overdub the lead vocals um and with this uh new approach on the sophomore album, when we um recorded with tim narducci at at uh sonic sound studios um, we definitely had much more latitude in terms of recording extra overdubs, guitar parts, layering of guitars, counter melodies. Um, and really that's what I try to do um, in terms of like, how can I complement the songwriting is really just thinking of where's Ryan on the guitar and what can I do that's different, that augments the song, maybe adds another dimension, maybe a counter melody to the vocals. And, um, but there's some, um, solos on there for me that, um, are super memorable and I hope they're the kind of thing that really just adds to the song itself rather than being someone just showing that you, that they can shred, which is definitely not, uh, that's not my game. Um, I have so many guitar friends that, um, that are into that kind of high velocity guitar playing. Sure. And, and my approach is definitely more, um, trying to write solos that are more short, concise, and have melodic content. Right on. Was, was Tim? Does Tim act more or less as like a fifth, a fifth ear more or less in in the studio because he is a he obviously has had significant time as both a singer and a guitar player where he might he might hear things from either side of of you guys's work that you don't hear because you guys only hear you know your part. Oh, hell yeah. I think, yeah. I, I mean, think, Tim think definitely, is, um, he, go for it. he, he definitely, uh, gave direct input even on certain st song structure pieces. So like, you know, maybe this chorus ends, you know, on the fourth time around instead of the third time around, or maybe try this drum beat. Um, and Ryan, you probably have even more examples on recording lead vocals with Tim. Well, I was going to, I was going to comment that, uh, I think Tim feels like he is the ear. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's there's a reason why we, but there is a reason why we call him Golden Ears Narducci. I mean, he uh, he brings a whole nother element and level to the songwriting and production process that I think any band would be totally blessed to have. Um, working with him was just a great experience for me. Um, and I know for the rest of the band, but to Eric's point, when it came down to vocals with Tim being a singer and songwriter himself, um, in my recording career, um, it was actually surprisingly the very first time I actually was able to work with a producer who actually was a singer as well. Okay. And because of that, um, Tim just really knew how to, I guess, push certain buttons or get certain things out of me that uh, previously, you know, I was either just left my own devices and just figure out on my own um, or it just didn't happen at all. And uh, the vocal recording experience 
for this album was pretty personal and it was really intimate in, in a way where, you know, before every song, um, you know, Tim and I would sit down and we would talk about the song and he'd ask me a lot of questions about it. You know, what, what the song was about, obviously certain lines and uh, how I felt about it and where I wanted to go. So it really just created an environment to like, you know what, um, this song that you're about to record, it's going to be there forever, which we know that, but he put it and place it in a way uh, on my heart and my mind every single time I was got in front of the mic where it's like, there's something magical that's going to happen. And this guy's got my back and he's going to push me to another level. So um, he was just incredible to work with. And I totally look forward to working with him again. How long does it take you to write a song? I mean, how, do you pump these out in a couple hours or what are you doing? You mean the whole kit and caboodle, Seth? Or yeah, just whole, like, <laughs> like you're going to sit down, you're going to write a song, you're going to go, all right. I'm gonna, I mean, is this a hard <laughs> night or is it a uh, week-long thing? Yeah. How long are you doing just to put together an eight-song set? Well, it's it's like building a house, as I always like to describe. So it doesn't happen overnight. Some songs, um, I have literally written songs where they weren't, changed any way shape or form that just fall out of the sky and they're just magically delicious um and they happen like you know in a day where other songs just take weeks and weeks and you know like i'll agonize over lyrics like uh, writing lyrics for me is probably the most painstaking process because i just hang on every single word i mean i've been known to like spend one week on one sentence i just wow it's it's <laughs> And, and that's why I always like admire writers like Billy Joel, who are incredible storytellers and things like that. But and for me, each song comes from an intimate, personal place. And so it's like I'm putting something down on paper that I'm going to share with the world and reveal about myself. And, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be a little guarded about that, but I want to share it. But I also want it to be done in a way to where people could, you know, ingest it in a way that means something to them. So, um but I don't know, Eric, what are your thoughts on, on that question? Because I know, um, you know, you guys are handling all different elements uh, than uh, what I typically am dealing with when it comes to the melodies and lyrics. Yeah, I, just to put a tag on that, I would, I would say that uh, between myself and our bass player, Mike Canetto, who is just a monster bass player, um, his, his music theory is just, it's pretty insane. Like he's... He uh, comes from the Paul McCartney school of, of bass playing, so he's super melodic, knows the fretboard very well, knows how to complement a guitar line. I would say that if, if between him and myself can't uh, solve for a song or, or, or figure it out like right. within a, a few days, sometimes we'll just put things on the back burner and we'll revisit it another time. Um, you know, we finished Lucida about two, over two years ago, um, but we're already working on the next album. I think we've already got like three or four songs that are that are in really good shape. And we just continue writing. Right. Very good. Well, guys, real, real quick before we wrap this one up, um, I just I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you how you convinced your drummer to sync his drums on Blind and Broken in the in the video. And, and you guys and you as well, Eric, with the with the guitar, you know. <laughs> oh, sink. I thought you meant like time sink. sink. You mean. No, sink, no, no. Sink. sink like in the water sink. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I, I would just say that the um, instruments used for underwater scenes were not prized possessions. I'll just put it that way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although it did take a lot to convince Joe to get in the water himself, too. He did not want to do it. Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of those scenes were, were shot in the deep end of, of a pool. So you needed to have the ability to tread water in between shots, you know, get a gulp of air, submerge yourself. Hopefully yeah. our director, Mike Sloat, had enough time to kind of capture enough of, of your, your performance to then move on to the next player. But um, yeah, it was <laughs> pretty incredible. Was I will... What was funny, Chris, was that, uh, you know, the script was written out months before the shoot. Right. And then Joe never said anything. And then literally like a day or two before the shoot, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this water stuff. And uh, <laughs> he says, I could barely hold my breath above ground, let alone underwater. You know, I was like, I'm like, okay, you're bringing this up now. <laughs> like, great. Right, that's a, That's another question though. What's the payoff for videos anymore with no MTV? I think now it's what Vivo or whatever crap that they, they try to push out there for videos. But I mean, what's the payoff compared to the expense, the time, the effort to put into a video and, and what's the, what do you guys get out of it? Is it, does it really work like it used to? I, I'd say the payoff is uh, giving the outside audience, uh, not only a glimpse into the meaning of a, of a song, but also what is the band about? Like, you know, what, what do they what do they mean? What are they trying to convey? You know, unless you're a band that's out there touring the country, how else are you going to get a flavor of what the band is about unless you try to produce something in the form of singles, in the form of, of video production? What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I also think it's it's um, if you're looking for like the ROI, right, it's it helps with actually putting the, the band um at a level where people are going to take you a little bit more seriously in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, it's very difficult to be quite honest as an original rock art, artist band, just, you know, trying to make their way in the world for venues and whatnot to try to like, Oh yeah, we'll take these guys on or you know, how many followers you have or whatever. They, and if there's nothing that they could actually point to visually that kind of makes them go, Oh, okay. These guys are legit. They're really serious then you might get overlooked. So I think it, it does create opportunities gig wise. Um, if you have some really strong video content out there. Cool. Where Go can ahead, people so. get your music? All the um, usual, right, Eric? <laughs> That's right. Apple music, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Um, we have all the links on our website. So if you just go to corvuslore.com, you can hit all our streams. Cool. I'm going to go to CorvusLore.com just so I can appreciate all the work, Eric, that you have put into the social media and everything else. <laughs> because I know it's, it's it's tough, and so I'm going to go there and appreciate it. So that's cool. CorvusLore.com. Right. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, fellas. Well, we we'll, what we'll do is we'll wrap this one up with the um. We'll play it. We'll play a little bit more of the um of the video for blind and broken to wrap it up. And one more time, the album Lucida is out July the 8th, I believe. And, um, go and get it. Make sure you buy it. People don't just stream it. You know, I know we could say go to Spotify and listen, but I'd never say that. Go buy it. Buy it. And as a, as a friend of Narducci, if I didn't say that, he'd probably come over here and kill me. So go (laughs) buy it, go buy it, go buy it. And uh, guys, as always, man, it's great talking to you guys. I hope the record does well, and good luck, man. Thank you for having us. Thank great to be on the show again. What Thank a you. pleasure. Nice Thanks. Appreciate right, it. Thank you, guys. See you. All right. See you.
Hey, it's Seth. Have you ever wanted a message recorded by a really, really famous person? Happy birthday to your kid. Congratulations. You finally graduated to that niece or nephew or brother or sister or a happy anniversary to your lovely wife or husband. Well, today's not your day because we're not famous. You can have myself or Chris Aiken record you a message of your choice, and it's only going to cost you 10 bucks. Not like those $250, three, four, $500 celebrities. You're going to get us recording you something hopefully entertaining and fun that you can keep forever. You can listen to it all day long if you'd like. A personalized message just for you. All you got to do is download the Cameo app or go to Cameo.com. C-A-M-E-O.com. Look up Seth Williams or Chris Aiken and we will record you a message. Who needs Brad Pitt when you have a face like this? Go to Cameo.com today. There's no place like home. And whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977. Mario. What's going on, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from Chris Aiken Presents and the Seth Williams Show, and of course, the Classic Metal Show. And I know you need someone to be told something, right? Whether it's something nice, something not so nice. Maybe you need somebody fired and you just don't have the guts to do it. Maybe you need to tell your girlfriend to hit the pavement. Maybe you need to tell the boyfriend to hit the streets. Whatever it is, I got you covered. Right here with my Cameo, cameo.com slash Chris Aiken. I will tell them, and I won't be nice, unless you want me to be. If you want me to be nice about it, I will certainly give the sweetest message possible but if you need evil with a lot of f-bombs and a lot of words that i just can't even say on any sort of radio or tv program i'll do that for you too one more time cameo.com slash chris aiken buy a cameo from me and i will tell them like it is the way you want them told all right see ya right back here at the seth show with chris aiken Boy, there was a lot of booming in that commercial. Jesus. Look at that. <laughs> I need, like, all the equipment that you got. I guess this maybe... You have all the equipment that I have. That's the lie. Don't you lie need, to the people. Only th- the only difference between me and you is the knowledge level. That's it. All right. Look, look pal. <laughs> I've been for 25 years. I got knowledge. But, but yeah, not I... a video. That's the thing, is you're learning yeah. video. You're, you're what, yeah, a, a, a six-month veteran of video? Not very good. <laughs> you're learning. Very <laughs> Considering what I was doing before uh, you jumped uh, jumped on board here, uh, yeah, I'm a novice. I, I yeah, started like you're you know, learning. It takes a while. It took me a couple of years too. I like that band though; they were cool. 
Oh, Chorus Lore is great. I yeah. I love him. Music is good. I mean, I I didn't want to argue with the guy. I mean, basically said my question sucked ass. But <laughs> rock is dead. Well, rock is dead. Rock is dead if you have nothing behind it. I don't give a shit how many bands are playing a local club somewhere. But if nobody's around to hear those local bands playing a club somewhere, then how do you even know that they're out there? I mean, well, I bring I them every know. week. I bring them every week. Okay, that's great. You bring them every week, and you get the records delivered to your your inbox and all that kind of True. stuff. I don't. I don't I know. Get to see that music. Where do where do I? I can't open my window and yell out the window. Send me some rock music. I mean, when I got to scour YouTube, they censor everything, anyways. Yeah, dude, we are we are the new MTV. Me and uh, you. Apparently, yeah, that's the way to go now. Yeah, uh, and we're also the uh, the lovers of great internet, and we have to go to Tony Masashi now. <laughs> no, we're not. What the hell is going on? Uh, he has binged in and out fifty five times at least. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give this a shot because I see food that looks good. It does look good. Gunner says cool interview. Thank you, Gunner. Thank you, Gunner. At least somebody liked it. I liked it. I thought they were I great. Well, I'll make your day better. I just got an email about the one in, the one band that I had asked you about earlier, and they confirmed. Yeah. Oh, really? Cool. Yep. So we can announce that later. For Monday? I'll, I'll look up the email right, before yeah. we announce it. <laughs> it was either Monday or Wednesday. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. It was Wednesday. I think. Yeah. Wednesday. All right. Uh, Tony Masaccio. Seth Williams. How are you, Can my you hear me? Yes, yep. I can. You've only Perfect. checked in 700 times. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that this internet worked and I'm keeping my ass sitting in this table and I'm not going anywhere. You're not going to see the bar. You're not going to see the patio. I'm going to describe this restaurant. Okay. So we're going to be a little visual and we're going to be a little audio. And Seth, again, I was visual and audio. I was on the Big Chuck and Little John show when I was 23 years old doing the trivia questions. And I got to tell you, I love radio a lot better than television. Yeah. There's just right something now, about it. We, the food looks right, and so does your stomach. It, yes. <laughs> can you see? Can you see the food? Yes. Perfect. So I have empanadas here, which uh, are a. It's like a covered taco. First of all, where are you, Tony? So oh, I got to tell you where I'm at. This that was the secret. So guys, I am at Paradise Ranch, which is five. I'm sorry, seven five zero three. Granger Road in Valley View. Yeah. And and guess what this place used to be? A strip club. Yes, it was. There you go. And and and, and before it was the strip club, it was Cleveland PMs. Yes. So Triv always talked about this place. They painted the walls. The the decor is still the same. They didn't blow out anything. The bar is still the same size. They still have the same beautiful patio. And I always said if these walls could talk. They would, indict, they would indict people. Tony, I, I, I can tell you stories right now. And he's gone. And he's gone. <laughs> and he's back. There he's back. Tony. Yes. I could tell you a story, a couple of different stories right now about that place. So first time I was down there, it was, still was a strip club. And yes. they had a Toys for Tatas event. So they, you know, were giving toys to the Marines or whatever it was for the holidays. And so they had a toy drive there. And I, I don't think I can get in trouble for saying this. He could sue me if he wants. But John Lanigan was there. Yes, I remember. And he was talking to a couple of the girls at the bar and stuff like that, and he got into his car, and he almost ran over one of our promotions guys when he was pulling out of his spot. I was there. I could say it. I watched it. I saw it with my own eyes. (laughs) But then the next time I was there was for Triv's, had to be 20th or 25th anniversary, whatever it was, 
And it was a different, it was called McCarthy's or something else before uh, it became yes. Paradise Ranch. And we were there, and I was on a back patio. It was Triv. We had Bernie Kozar there. Brian Brennan, I think. Brian Brennan, I think, was there. And we had, they did the vodka challenge to me, where they took a bucket of vodka and dumped it over my head. Oh, my God. It was back during that ice bucket challenge thing that everybody yes. was doing. And oh, I did the funny. vodka challenge. And I had to drive home smelling like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just bathed in vodka, which I did. But, yeah, that's that, funny. That place is great and still looks it great. Is. I was just by yeah. there today. So, and, yeah. and, little, and Little John was at that event also. Yeah. It's so funny, Seth. And talking about this, I remember when I first met Triv. Yeah. He was in this back patio on a six-foot table, just like a folding chair table, reading the paper like he did with WNCX on sports. Yep. And it was the beginning of his career that started right here doing the remote. That's amazing. At Cleveland PM. And look at where it happened. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's <laughs> so funny because at one point the mafia was here. And the detectives were behind them listening to them. Wow. That's how this thing worked out years ago. So they all, you know, it was in Little Italy and this place is, um, you know, but Pete was part of that. You know, he knew all the wise guys. So it's really, it's, it's got some great, really some cool history. Yeah, it's very cool. So what does the food get to it? So again, I got empanadas. I got mofangadis. These are with chicken and Where salsa. And it also has guacamole in it, if you can see this. And then I have a flat grilled chicken with cheese and plantain. And then, of course, rice, oh. refried beans, and pica de gala, which that is chicken. absolutely delicious. The chicken, chicken look good? Yeah. yeah, it is huge. They pound the chicken. Uh, they've only been here about a year. This place has really has done a great job. They have karaoke here, I believe, on the weekends. Um, it's a little bit slow this evening for a Wednesday evening. The patio is wonderful. He's really doing a great job here with this patio. Um, again, it's just starting off the year is like the infancy of a restaurant, especially as many times as this place has been changed to restaurants. So. I'll tell you what, that place is beautiful. Again, I drove by it today. I mean, it's just, a, it's not tough to get to. It's a really easy place to get to. It's got a big parking lot. It's a great place. Yeah, it really is cool. Hey, real quick. This. Um, the lady that you had on, and she had items that people were looking at that could have been 25 cents and they're worth thousands of dollars, right? Yeah, Until right. you investigate it. Well, my mom and dad lived in Arizona. They moved here. They moved from Ohio, moved to Florida, and then eventually settled in Arizona later part of their lives. And my dad would buy Salvador Dali prints and pictures. There was a museum here, Salvador Dali, in 1974. Yeah. He never had a couple of these framed. So when my mom and dad passed away, they just had them in plastic, and they were in a cardboard framing. So my brother and sister were ready to put them on a garage sale for about a quarter, 50 cents in a buck. I said, hold on, let's look into these. So we had a lady come over. He had couple people came over they they looked at these pictures they actually had it it ended up it ended up being a value of eleven thousand wow. dollars i was ready to kill my brother and sister wow. <laughs> is that crazy so my dad also had a couple of rolex watches that my brother and sister said five thousand dollars 
One was worth 10 grand. The other one was worth about $17,000. So don't throw any shit away. I'm telling you. If anybody leaves it. Yeah. Yeah. And go to yellowbrickroadauctions.com. You can get some of that stuff there. Uh, (laughs) Melissa, yellowbrickroadauctions.com. That's crazy. So I just had to tell that story. That's That's a great story. So did I see that uh, it's your anniversary? It was yesterday. Yeah. Happy anniversary. How many years? 18 years. Very nice. So I, this- I got so lucky that a woman that was actually good looking thought that I had money making in radio and yes. married me. And then she was kind of stuck at that point. So yeah, <laughs> she had no idea that there was no money in radio. No. And guess no. what? There's still no money in radio. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyways, uh, let me leave with this. Yeah. This guy meets this gentleman at work and he invites him over the house. His name's Joe, comes into the house, says, honey, this is Joe, my new co-worker. She says, what the hell are you doing? My hair's a wreck. The house is a wreck. I haven't cooked. You brought him over here for dinner. Look at me. You a marriage. Congratulations. <laughs> Guys, I am here reporting live at the old Cleveland PMs. Thank Paradise. you, Tony. This is this really is a great place. Paradise Ranch. Everybody so knows Tony. My birthday is on Saturday, so me and my wife are trying to find somewhere to go for dinner. So I'm going to have to look over your reviews and figure out which place to go to. Guess what? I am going. You're going to call me tomorrow. I am going to get you reservations for Saturday evening, and I'm going to have a table for two, and it's going to be taken care of. Oh, come on, Tony. Nice. Call me tomorrow morning. You're the man. I love you. Nice. I'll talk to you, talk to you guys. I'll Thanks, talk to you next Tony. week. Always a pleasure. Bye. Take care, Tony. Take care, Chris. Bye, Seth. Bye. I don't think that he was checking in now 43 times during the show. No. I think it was whatever he was doing just kept it, popping it, in, popping yeah, out. It's, 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 I, I think it's I, – I don't even want to guess. It is definitely – it is definitely one of them shows today where just the bugs are everywhere. Well, I've never seen that happen. Like, I've never seen it either. It was like, it, it wasn't like it wasn't a bad internet connection because it just it was it was the phone or whatever he was using. I know what it was, but it's the phone. The phone was having a power problem or running out of power. <laughs> if I had to guess, and it was it would lose it would lose the connection from the power, and it would reconnect. Gunner's right. I need to write a book. You need to help me write a book. I don't know how to write. I barely know how to read. I mean, a Dude, friend of mine, AI. A friend of mine posted the other day. He was like talking. He was a teacher, mm-hmm. and I, I think like in the Orange District or something like that. And right. he's a great guy. Him and I were friends for going up through high school. It's unfortunate we kind of like. I wouldn't say drifted apart. We're still friends on Facebook, but if that's what you call your friends, I guess it's, right. We're still friends. Uh, but he made a post about. Uh, you know these kids don't read these summer reading lists, and they should at least we get to pick what they want to read for their summer summer reading list. Sure. School. And I, I posted back and said, I don't think I've read one book on the Ignatius summer reading list ever. Yeah. And then I said, but at the same time, I didn't read my Algebra two book either. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I, was, I just I've never been a good reader. I want to read. Yeah. I don't but, read. Unless it has like pictures or pop-ups in it, I don't want to. Dude, I I when it, 
I have a publicist when I do books. I'm fancy guy. You know, I, I hire a publicist to get me on the radio tours. And, and you've worked those a million times, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where you have the book author on for seven minutes and then out, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, and, um, well, on the back end of it, they line you up for like three hours of them straight. So you do like 30 of them in three hours or whatever the number is. It's just seven minutes, hang up, three minutes to get a drink of water, and then you're on again in the next, in the next city. You know, that's how that, that's how that all works. And, um, without question, every single interview would ask me, well, what kind of books are you a fan of? Because I, they were interviewing me about my books. So every single time, well, what books do you read? What's your favorite book? And I would have to tell them every time, don't read anything. I've read like five books as an adult. Five. Yeah. Uh, one of them was Stern. One I of them was Howard that. Stern's book. Um, um, and then I start not knowing. I don't know what else I've read. I've, I, I just don't read. I'm, I'm, like, I'm just like you. And it's not that I don't want to read. I, I like the idea of reading sounds like fun. Uh, because you know it's a lot of cool stuff, but I get so bored. Yeah, I, I fall asleep. I fall asleep reading. It's too slow. Yeah, I, I just can't get can't wrap my mind around sitting there for hours just reading a book. Right. So I don't. Know. I don't know. Now your internet's going spooky. No, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Is it all right now? Yeah, now it's all right. It just it just fluttered for a second. Oh, you know, like, I, I was looking for something to see if I had a video, and I oh. do have a video, but I can't put it up. There's I don't. Know. Yeah, uh, I just was like, oh my god, this is this show is just going no. to hell. <laughs> I, I I have a video, and I'm gonna, I I'll have it for the next time we're on. Okay. Uh, of the day that I got to meet Howard Stern. Okay. And I was 19 years old. Right. So you got to see what 19 year old Seth looked like. Nice. Now I think we tried to play this video back during the, uh, the beginning days, days of, yeah, of this the show. Sure. And so it was. Uh, I don't think it ran right and stuff. So, but so I want to play it uh, next time. Next time we're on, I'll have it. <laughs> Dude, is it is it like embarrassing mullet or any of that stuff? Uh, we had a school necessary. If we did, probably would have been a multi. Yeah. See. I like Michael's a good dude, but he's and he's right. Um, it, it's not. Look, I see. I look and sound like a stoner. Yeah, but I wasn't. You know, <laughs> I have. You know, I have this look of yeah, man. Hey, dude, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, hey. And like, but I wasn't like a stoner. I, I right. went to Ignatius. I was kind of a preppy kid when it came down to it. But I just had the look and sound of like this idiot. Maybe right. I still do. I don't know. <laughs> no, come on. But yeah, you see this, and I'm just kind of bouncing and giggling, and I got these braces on. I'm 19 years old. <laughs> I got braces put on when I was like 13, and I didn't get off till I was like 20. Nice, because my orthodontist was on a run or something like that. And first, he escaped from a Nazi prison camp when he was a child. Right. Ended up here doing orthodontic stuff, but then was on a run from the government for something. And so he left while my braces were still on, and my parents never took me to get them off. <laughs> and so I had braces on longer than any human being has ever had braces on. They were just stuck in my face for like six, seven years. Wasn't another dentist that could take them off? 
I'm sure there probably was, but I never went to one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Dude, what we ought to do one day is just have our embarrassing photos collection. Yeah. I would do that. Oh, I would do that, too. I I, I have a couple of albums I found of me as a kid. Uh, and they were, they were, man, I was such a loser. And You? Like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, but see, you ended up going into the service, you know, armed forces, and, you know, I just kept being that fat loser. <laughs> yeah, but then I came out and got even worse. Look, I'll show you one. I showed this to John Karabi, the former singer of Motley Crue. He was on Chris Aiken Presents on Monday. Yeah. And it's a picture of me and John Karabi in 1997. So this is after, five years after I came out of the military. All right. So you can say military all you want. This is after the military, and this is horrible. This is your holy mullet moment. You ready for this? All right. Oh, <laughs> nice. Look at that mullet. Oh, Look at my. that thing going there. <laughs> Awesome. And I have quite a few of those too. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do that because I do have some pictures that would be uh, entertaining to, to show up here. Yeah. I mean, that's always, I'm always, I always think it's fun. You know, I don't, you can't, you can't worry about it. You know, you can't be like, oh man, let me hide this so that people don't see it because who cares? You know? My wife is chiming in on the, on the mullet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, ah. But yeah, she's seen some of these pictures of me as a kid. And like, I, I look at kids now, and like little boys, especially, are the most annoying fucking human beings on the face of the earth. <laughs> so I know how bad I had to be. I was that little dorky kid. And my family was like that weird family. You know, we had like the answering machine. We lived in Miami at the time when I was younger. Right. And so the answering machine was all about Miami Vice. We're out fighting crime, leave a message, blah, blah, blah. It sure. was the dumbest thing ever. And so, you know, that's what the. Like this dorky little Seth was just a little fat tubby kid running around <laughs> making stupid jokes and being an ass. And you know, like, I was probably the most annoying little kid ever. So I want to show some of those pictures. Yeah, I, dude, I have I have so many of those. Um, I had this girlfriend in my senior year of high school, which was 86. And she bought me a fedora <laughs> nice. as, a, as a Christmas gift. And my mom bought me the Miami Vice white coat. Uh, I had that. I have a hundred pictures of me with the white coat and the pink wife beater and the fedora on and all different family, not even just like outside, but at like family events and stuff. You'll be like my grandparents and parents and whatever at Thanksgiving dinner. And here I am in the white coat and the fedora looking like a total <laughs> jag off. Like, oh, what an idiot. I'm trying to see if I can find a picture. I'm looking right now to see if I can find something because I, I know that I had some on Facebook, but Facebook apparently decided to delete. Yeah, you don't need those anymore. Tons of picture pictures. <laughs> Facebook, but, another big tech. They don't want you on there. <laughs> no, they, I I don't have that picture anymore. I'll I'll find it and get it back on. But okay, wait. Let me see. There's a funny picture of me being really fat. Hang on. Let's see. And I gotta now. I gotta go back and you gotta share the screen, right? That's how this works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the right button. Is it? This is me back in my MMS days. This one. There. You see it? There you are. My, when I was first in MMS, <laughs> and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. No clue. That's I wish I could, these pictures get bigger. But, 
oh well, whatever. I can see it. But yeah, I'll definitely find some pictures and see what we can do. Okay, yeah, let's do that. I'll, I'll find some too. We'll see if we can't even if we can even just find five each. That'll be fun. Yeah, you probably have the straightest teeth in the Western Hemisphere. With braces were on for that long. Now, <laughs> then they took them off, and uh, I decided. Yeah. Then you start started opening Budweisers with your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> you know, frozen Snickers bars. Right. <laughs> Hey, you said stop putting yourself down for just being on the radio. I used to listen a lot to certain radio stations. Really got to know. Uh, loved a lot of the people that were on the radio. Miss those people. Yeah, look, I'm not saying anything bad about radio, but you don't get into radio if you got a face for TV. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You go into TV. Yeah. I remember <laughs> half the people when I started this podcast were like, hey, is there a listen only uh, <laughs> button so we don't have to actually watch? I was like, dude, just minimize the screen and yeah. turn it up. I, you, don't have to- you don't have to watch. No. All right, uh, let's take a quick break and then talk about what we're going to have uh, next week. Okay, cool. Hang on. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious, and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations. 440-238-8830. 440-238-8830. Trivs in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran-owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065, Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216 470-0170 Charlie's Auto Repair Let Charlie make your car great once again I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure (laughs) Can't wait till he gets that done Oh yeah He's going to make the country great Oh yes he is (laughs) That should be entertaining what I just can't wait. Clown. To, yeah, he is. I, I and I can't wait to get back on TikTok tonight to find more of those fantastic videos. <laughs> he 
He really is a clown. Does he go through any speeches without saying something stupid? No, I don't think he does. And you know, my uh, you got to hear this story. So, my daughter went to New York City. Yeah. Um, just for like it was her 16th birthday present from mm-hmm. my uh, my dad and his wife to uh, take her to New York City. And so she's gonna be there from last Friday until Monday. Okay. This, this past Monday. Sure. Just a few days. And so she's leaving from New York. And all of a sudden, shocker, plane gets canceled. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, they don't watch Fox News the way that I do, but I called it from that morning that she was supposed to leave. They're rolling out this 5G network for airplanes. Oh, boy. And they said they expect a lot of cancellations. Now, they said they could start earlier because it's not supposed to roll out until this weekend coming up. Uh, but it could happen earlier, but they canceled the flight, whatever. So they were stuck again another night in New York, which is a costly, you know, that's a hell of an expense right. for another hotel room, another night in New York, food and everything else. Sure. So they finally get out of New York. What is it? Today's Wednesday. Yesterday. Okay. But they were going to have a flight that went from New York City to Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay, and then they would take a flight from Charlottesville, Virginia, to D.C., and then a flight from D.C. to Savannah, where they live, in South Carolina, Bluffton, South Carolina. They get to now we're talking about eight hours of layovers too that they would right, have to do sure. for all this stuff. So they make it to Charlottesville, Virginia, and they are sitting there now for hours. They're sitting there waiting to get on this plane. They get on the plane or just about to board the plane at three o'clock, whatever, finally. And they say, oh, sorry, we canceled that plane. (laughs) So now they're stuck in Charlottesville, Virginia, where they told them, sorry, we're not going to get you on a plane until Mm -hmm. Thursday. So Thursday is the earliest flight that they can get out. My dad said, fine, let me rent a car and we'll we'll drive home. No, no cars available within 50 miles of Charlottesville, Virginia. So now they're stuck there, and they supposedly have a flight leaving tomorrow morning that's going to take them to D.C. and then take them <laughs> back to Now, I read that yesterday in D.C. Now, mind you, the the airlines are blaming all of this on weather. Weather. Get now, out of here. I flew from here to Vegas, and we were surrounded by clouds with lightning. Mm-hmm. It was shaking the plane with thunder. <laughs> it yeah. was not a... Look, Planes can fly through thunderstorms, above thunderstorms, around thunderstorms, and then they can land in rain. Yeah. Uh, so don't give me this shit that it's weather. I don't, dude. My mom just had the same thing um, two weeks ago. I guess it was. She went. She was going to San Diego, and yeah. she flew. She. I think she. I forget the flight. She either it was either direct or it was. I think she went to Chicago and then from Chicago to San Diego. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how she went. So she got to Chicago. And then she, when she got there, her flight was canceled to San Diego with no, no flight until the next day. Uh. And she was only going to see my niece. My niece is a baller, does ballet. Yeah. She was only going to see my niece's ballet. So now she's in Chicago and they, they can't fly, even get her on a plane until the day of the recital. She was going the one day early, you know. To be get there, get comfortable, whatever before the recital. They literally, she's seventy five years old, and they literally had her landing. 
jumping in a in a car and going straight to the re- recital because they couldn't find not one plane to California from Chicago on a Wednesday or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Are you kidding then, me? Yeah, and I read again if they would watch Fox News the way that I do, you get informed. Um, not these other networks. Sure. Uh, I saw there there was technology problems in D.C. yesterday. Right. And that's why all these planes weren't going into D.C. Sure. Weather. Forget about this stupid weather crap. The only reason they say weather is so that way they don't have to pay for stuff. Mm-hmm. Because then it's all of a sudden an act of God. Yeah. And so you don't get you know reimbursed for your flight. You don't get reimbursed for your hotel. You don't get reimbursed for all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lie. It's a t- and I got jacked on that too. Did, did I don't think I ever told you this? Did I? Um, so um, my friend who just passed away recently, Bob Nalbandian, he's a document. He's a documentarian, and he made these documentaries. And um, he made these documentaries called Inside Metal, which you can watch on Hulu or Tubi or they're on all of them really. Amazon, you know, there's all these documentaries. Well, he featured me in two of them, and I could not have been more honored to be you know in these documentaries so he was having a red carpet um red carpet thing in end of march i think it was or beginning of april 2020 so of course you know what happened the oh yeah Uh the coup happened and um and so i called the airline now i and i don't fly i just do i i did it too much in the military to where i just don't want to travel anymore And so, but for this, I was like, I'm going all out. I rented an expensive car. I got a a five-star hotel room. I got first-class flight, you know, first-class nonstop flight. I mean, I paid probably $2,000 to just, just to go just, you know, just for the privilege of going. And then whatever I would have spent when I got there, of course, COVID shut everything down. Right. Right. Except for the flight. That they didn't cancel. Oh, God. So I ended up saying, well, I the, the event's canceled. Well, did you take insurance? <laughs> no. So I ended up eating oh. 1500 of the $2,000. Man. The only thing I got back, the hotel was at least gracious enough to to refund me when I, when I proved to them that. But even that, I had to prove to them that the event was canceled. And once I did that, they refunded me their their portion of it. But the airline, they were just like, "No, you could have flown on that flight." And I was yeah. like, "I called you, and they, you know, and they were just like, well, you don't have insurance." Yeah. See, we we got stuck in that. Sucks, man. That does suck. Uh, they they screwed a lot of stuff up with that. But I'm not going to get into that because we only have one channel left. Uh, <laughs> so we got stuck. Heather and I got stuck in Vegas. Right. We just went out there for a week or whatever, and just to have a good time and. Uh, this is still when I was on the trip show. Right. And so we got stuck there. First day we get up, we go to get the plane canceled. Then they canceled the second plane the next day. So we were stuck there for two extra nights and had to get on you know, hotel rooms and everything else. Now we stood in line forever in a day to try to get a, a flight and couldn't get anything. Right. Finally, Triv talked to his, well, actually, his wife called Triv and made him pay for the flight home and got us on a different airline. And it was right. hundreds, hundreds of dollars uh, for us to get back from Vegas. And I ended up, but I went, I was taking spirit at the time and I was talking to spirit and 
the only thing that they would pay for was the the flight, mm-hmm. not the flight home, just the flight that we had to reimburse us the money. Yeah. Right. So the extra money that it cost to get on United, which yeah. obviously was a more expensive flight, uh, they did not reimburse. Yeah, they were us like too bad. bad. Yeah. So yeah. I gave Triv the money that Spirit gave me, but the two extra nights of hotels that were in Vegas, they we they said they would pay for it, never did. Right. Never yeah. paid for any of that. And I believe it. Look, it's not like it's that expensive to stay in Vegas or giving away those rooms. Uh, but then the resort fees and all the extra taxes and crap eating, they are. eating ate, dinner. Yeah, you know? but we ended up probably losing a few hundred dollars extra that we didn't have because you budget so much for a vacation. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I, I hate it. It just it's all a scam now. Seth, you know Jeff Kinsbach might be a good interview of his TV tra- uh, RV travels. Yeah, I I reached out to Jeff. And he said he was going to come on and then didn't hear anything back from him. So I will reach out to him again. Doesn't Tony does his show with who? Flash? Flash. Yeah. We got to get Flash on. I would, I would love, love to, to talk, get Flash on. I would love to talk about those old, the old Mr. Leonard WMMS days. Dude, I felt like such a dick back in the day. I had worked my ass off at MMS. Do you mm-hmm. know I was everywhere on that station? Sure. At one point, they. Their marketing people so that I was the most recognizable jock that they had on MMS at that time. Right. And so, you know, I was out everywhere, every event, whatever. But then somebody decided they were going to give me a Perseverance Award. Okay. And so I had to go to the Agora, and it was this big thing. They gave me this, this Perseverance and Radio Award, and I was honored to, to get it. But it was Flash that had to give it to me. Okay. And I felt like such a dick <laughs> because, like, I'm like a nobody in, in radio. I, right. I just happened to come along and I was doing it. I guess I was doing all right at the time. But to have somebody that was a legend in sure. radio give me an award like that, I just felt like like this guy really wants me to just go away. <laughs> it wanted nothing to do with me. No. But I've talked to him since then. He's always been very nice to me. That's cool. Well, at least they did you right that way. MMS screwed me in the biggest way. I'll tell this quick story. Um, so before Disturbed, you know the band Disturbed, obviously. Yeah, of course. Before they were huge, Matt and I were playing them because um, on the metal show. Because yeah. um, we used to do this thing. I, I had a little music magazine here in town called Music's Bottom Line. And we used to do this trading thing with a with a company or a, another paper in Chicago called Midwest Beat. And one of, and what we would do is we would send a band to Chicago and the band in Chicago would get the door and or the, the traveling band would get the door, basically. So we would send bands from here to Chicago. And it was great for the bands, you know, because the bands would go to Chicago. It's good travel. They get to experience a new crowd, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the same would happen here. We would bring the bands in here. You know, from Chicago, we give them a hotel room and we give them the door. Well, one of the bands that we did before anybody knew who they were was Disturbed. Nice. And we had them on, and and we had them on even when they got signed. Matt and I were aware of them. We were playing demos of um of Stupefy probably a year before the album even came out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was great, right? So Disturbed obviously went supernova as soon as yeah. it came out. Yes. And uh, they sent a gold record to MMS, to the metal show for MMS, to which MMS grabbed and wouldn't give to us. Yeah, that sucks. They didn't give it to us. We got nothing, and it, and it was hanging up in the front lobby there for uh, 
for years. And yes, I remember. And and it pissed me off every time I had to go to work. I used to tell Matt all the time, this is the week I'm stealing this. <laughs> because I was going to steal it because it said right on it to the metal show, WMMS. I was like, this isn't the metal show. This is the waiting room, WMMS. <laughs> yeah. It's mine. But yeah, we never did get it. I had dinner with a lead singer of Disturbed. David Draymond? Yeah, backstage at one of his shows. He was a good dude. Little guy, but he was a nice guy. Yeah. I did an interview with him. I know we're just riffing, but I did an interview one time with him on the, on the bus at like three o'clock in the afternoon. It was me and him and my friend Chip went with me as the biggest, the biggest Disturbed fan at the time when, when they first came out. And, um, so we're doing the interview, we're talking and, um, and that and if you probably remember this, the audience may not, but when they first came out, David Draymond was a notorious whore. Just was notorious about hooking up with with different women in yes. literally every city, and sometimes two or three in a day. Like he I was would a, too if I was him. I would too, but I mean that was his reputation. Yeah. So at some point, um, the question was asked about that about the reputation. I asked him the question about his reputation, and um, and he's like, uh, you know, a lot of that's just bunk, and you know. And he's what he said. He goes. He goes. No human being could even live up to that expectation. And my friend Chip chips in with, "Yeah, it must get boring after after a while, right?" And Draymond looked right at him. I have the audio of this. It's really funny. And he he looked right at him and he goes, "I really don't know what the hell you're talking about, man." <laughs> <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with that answer. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude. Too funny. All right, uh, Wednesday. Yes. Who do we have on? Uh, ten years. Yay! All right. Yeah, if you were a fan of any of the two thousands rock, yeah, which you weren't that big. I a wasn't fan so of, much, but uh, I was a big fan of that era. I actually played ten years on my uh, show numerous times on MMS. Yeah, uh, the song Wasteland. If you haven't heard it, look it up. You'll recognize it as soon. As well, you you want to give them thirty seconds of it? Yes, thirty seconds right here. I got it right here. Here's thirty seconds of Wasteland. Now the show is banned again. Yeah, uh, banned. We're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song and I love that band. So I'm actually uh, I'm looking forward to, to yeah. that. That's Wednesday. We are going to be talking to Jesse from the band. I think he's the lead singer. Very cool. Very cool. And they are going to be in the area playing Incarnation, the Incarnation Fest oh, down at, at the Shawshank Prison, whatever that, that place is really called. Yeah, Mansfield Reformatory. I would love yeah. to go down to see that show. I love that place, too. Well, I'm sure we can get you on the list if you want to go. Dude, you have no idea how bad I want to go to that show. Um, Do you really? I can, I'm almost positive I'd get you on that list. I'm for real. Like, I want to go to that show. Uh, I is. One, I love that. The Reformatory is a great place. You ever been there? Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've taken tours around there and stuff. And actually, I was in a Godsmack video that was filmed at the Reformatory. Uh, Do you want to go? It's on July 16th. July 16th. Yes. I mean, I'll, I'll 
I'll make the I'll make is the that, ask. That's that's a Sunday, isn't it? I think it's a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the schedule that they sent me in. Yeah, dude, I want to go to that. All um, right, I'll I'll we'll see talk. if I can't make that go. We'll talk. Uh, but all right. So Wednesday, ten years. Monday, I don't know what we're doing. We're going to have a, a hell of a show. We hopefully we'll have a guest or two lined up. Yeah, we may. We may. <laughs> I don't know. We'll where. I'm still still working on it. We'll see. And uh, but if not, we're still going to be talking some good stuff and have a good time. So. Yeah, we'll be talking about everybody being safe and not blowing their hands off the next day. Hey, I'm going to. Oh yes, we'll talk about that. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening today. I want to thank uh, Melissa from Yellow Brick Road Auctions for coming on. Um, we're going to work something else out with her, maybe a video yeah. or something, uh, so we can get that taken care of. The audio is a little bit weird, but go to yellowbrickroadauctions.com and check it out. And then, uh, thanks, thanks to Corvus Lore. Thanks to Corvus Lore. Absolutely. If you missed that interview, that will be posted at some point yep. soon. And thank you, everybody, again. God willing, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Have a good, safe weekend. See ya. See ya.